0: Children of God, I guess you know my voice and I guess you're saying um, she's back. Well, I am back for right now. The Lord won't leave me alone. Let me just ask you, is he revealing his feelings to you? Is he waking you up early with a word for the people? He won't stop talking to me about what's going on in the earth. He won't stop talking to me about his people. His people that are called by his name. So because he won't stop talking, (laughs) and I'm not trying to make him stop talking, I have to tell you what he's telling me. So let's talk. Jesus was innocent too, remember? And we as people, as human beings, feel something about the innocent being kicked and beaten and sped on and wrongfully accused. We do. We feel, some, we feel some kind of way. You, you know how we like to use that word, some kind of way? Well, we feel some kind of way. We've, and I'm going to describe the way. We feel hurt. We feel angry. We feel disturbed. We, we feel we want something done. Jesus, too, was innocent. And he was kicked. He was beaten. They sped on him. And like with anything else, we want justice done. But there was no justice for him. There was no one to fight for injustice that was done to him. We have a tendency to want to shed light on injustice, which is fine. But I'm here to ask you, what was the crowd that rallied around him? The problem that the Lord is having right now, as he revealed it to me, is that his people can't find the time to pull a crowd together to rally for him. We could not pull a crowd together to rally. Day or night, day and night on Good Friday. The Good Friday when Jesus was beaten beyond recognition. Now, I'm thinking about the last few months. We just had Palm Sunday. We were unable to find it within ourselves to rally. To get anybody to the house of God, to hear about God, about Jesus' triumphant entry into Jerusalem. That was important. And then we had Good Friday, the most historical event to take place in Christendom. And in fact, I'm told that a lot of churches didn't even have enough people to have the seven last words. Jesus' seven last words that he spoke. And normally, we have a Good Friday service where the seven last words are given out to seven ministers and they preach on those last words. But this year, unfortunately, there were not enough people. So they had to double up on, this, on the seven, listen to me, they had to double up on the seven last words. There was nobody to rally for Jesus on Good Friday. people had to work. I got to work. I got to rest. What does that mean anyway? Who does Good Friday anymore? Those are some of the things that were said. I'm social distancing. That's a pagan holiday. The white man made that day up just to keep us in bondage. I'm, let me just say this about the white man doing so many things. When are we, we going to write our own story? I'm going to deviate just for a minute and ask you, and you, and you, and you, when are we going to stop talking about those kinds of things and write your own story? This is a story here that's been written. Now, you have a choice. To believe it or not believe it. You can't believe it unless you are a believer. A believer is one who who is filled with God's Spirit. If you're not filled with God's Holy Spirit, then you're not going to believe it. You're going to believe that the white man wrote it. You're going to believe that the devil wrote it. Because in order to believe in good Friday, in order to believe... And Resurrection Sunday, you have to be a believer. But again, I say, when are we gonna stop talking about what someone did? I don't care what color that person is. Write your story. You come out of bondage your own self. You stay out of of bondage, you break those chains. Never to put those chains back on you again. You do that. You break the inherited curses in your life. Better known as generational curses. You do that. Don't you know that you bind your own self up? You chain your own self up? You handcuff your own self? The more you continue to talk about what someone else did to you? Regardless of what they call them. Stop that. But anyway, anyway, who are you? That's what the Lord said to me. The Lord said, ask them, who are you? Are you children of God? Because right now you're not focused. Who are you, preachers, pastors? God is looking at you, and he's seeing that, You can't even get a sermon together without having a public emotional breakdown on Facebook Live. And yet, you contain yourself on Good Friday. You dabble your eyes and you contain yourself on Resurrection Sunday. You didn't even take your knee to get people in to hear about the Word of God. You didn't get on your knees to pray about filling the house with people so they could hear about the greatest event in Christian history. You didn't do that. You didn't rally in the street. You didn't hold up a banner that said, come to this church, come to that church. You didn't go into the highways and hedges and the byways to invite people into the house of God. You didn't do that. But yet you prove that you have rallying in you. Yet you prove that you can stay up all day and all night to rally. But you just can't do it for Jesus. You just couldn't do that for Jesus on Good Friday. You prove that you can stay up. I just can't stay up for Jesus. I can chant. I can scream. I can yell all day and all night. I just can't say hallelujah all day and all night. I just can't say thank you, Jesus, all day and all night. I just can't whisper Jesus, 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 Jesus. Don't you know that something would have happened? Don't you know we would have had a different outcome if you had just whispered, Jesus? If you had just rallied people together, Jesus, Jesus. Listen, for Good Friday, for Resurrection Sunday, you didn't walk the streets rallying to get people to come and hear about a man. That was beaten beyond recognition? You didn't. Why not? Why didn't you do that? Why were your churches not filled up on Palm Sunday? You had a lot of palms, but not enough people. You had more palms than you had people. Why? Why was your church not filled on on Resurrection Sunday? Because you proved already. That you are capable of rallying people together. You prove that you are capable of mastering a bullhorn. You prove that you are capable of mastering a microphone. You prove that you can speak in your strong voice. You forsook your baby whispering. And your voice was strong. You proved that you didn't care how you looked, how you smelled. You wasn't worried about your wig, whether you had it on or didn't have it on. You were not worried about your eye makeup. You just was concerned about your cause. Your cause. Your cause. Keyword, your cause. You prove that you are capable of mastering all of those things. Just not for Jesus. You are all right crying your ugly cry before millions of people. Your gut-wrenching cry. Men, you prove that you do have emotions. And that you are not ashamed to cry. You are not ashamed to clutch your belly and bend your back. To let out a wail. You prove that you were not ashamed to do that. So you can emote. You do have emotions. Just not for Jesus. Just not in the church house. Who are you? That's what he woke me up to say. He says, listen, listen, listen. I wanted to sleep. I wanted to stay asleep. But he was the one that shook me and woke me up and said all of this stuff right here. They just don't have that for me. They won't rally for me. They won't go to the street for me. They won't take the knee for me. They won't pray without ceasing for me. I can't get them to fast and pray all day without sneaking something to eat. I can't get them to tarry all night. I can't get them to stay in church for two hours, for me. I can't get them to do a church service and then a deliverance afterwards for me. That's his concern. He's not. The Lord is not upset that you that you want to have justice done. He's a God of justice. His concern is, you won't do that for me. We just did that for Kobe Bryant and his daughter. Now, you were not too concerned about the other people that also died in the crash. Shame on you. But you did the very same thing for them. But just not for Jesus. So he's saying, who are they? And I said to him, I don't know. God, these are your people. He said, well then, tell them how I feel. About the fact that they can do it for everybody else. They can rally, they can protest, they can stay up all night. They can stay up all day. They cannot be concerned about how they look, how they spell, or any of those things. What they wear, any of those things. They have emotions, full-fledged emotions. The Bible says this. So they marched him from judgment hall to judgment hall. They flogged him, which meant they beat him. They twisted a crown of thorns and smushed it on his head. Thorns, I said. Are you hearing me? That's what they did to your Lord. They beat him on the head with a reed. They spit on him. Then after that, With a bleeding back, he had to carry his own cross under the heat of the midday sun to his own execution. They nailed his hands and feet to the tree. For three hours, he hung there with the sun beating down on him. No rally, no protests, no people. In the book of Isaiah, the third chapter, it says he is despised and he still is. It says he's rejected. And he still is. It says that he was acquainted with grief. But we can't take anything. And we hid our faces from him. He was despised, and we esteemed him not. But he has borne our griefs and he has carried our sorrows, yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten, and afflicted. But he did all of that for us. But where was the rally? Where were the people crying? Where are the people crying? Where were you on Good Friday? Did that make you cry? Did you think about that? Where were you on Resurrection Sunday? Did this right here, did Isaiah 53 make you cry? Did you find any injustice in that? To the point where He took that for me. He bore that for me. He carried that for me. Where were your tears? I'm just telling you what he he said. Where were your tears? See, he wants your tears. He wants you to rally for him. He wants your amen. He wants your agreement. Hallelujah, Jesus. The Bible says he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes, we are healed. Now, in order to believe all of this, because I hear you. Because so many of you say, we don't know if that's true or not. Because the white man wrote that stuff. That's fine. That's fine. Because in order for you to believe this, and I know that you are capable of believing stuff, but in order for you to believe this, you have to have a transformed mind, you have to be a believer. And if you are a believer, that means that you have to have the Spirit of God dwelling on the inside of you. You can't believe this right here if you don't have that. So I'm not even talking to you who don't believe it. To those of you who say the white man wrote it or the devil wrote it or whoever you think wrote it, I'm not talking to you. I'm talking to his people. I'm talking to the believers. I'm saying to you, where are you? Why didn't you rally on Good Friday? Why did you work that day? Why weren't you there to say those seven last words? Why did you not care? Why didn't you get a group of people together? To get to the house of God. So that you could thank him. Why were there only five or six people there? Why did you sleep the whole day on Resurrection Sunday? For this man right here. Why did you get up? Why did you rally for this man right here? That did all of this for you The Bible says For all we like sheep have gone astray and have turned every one to his own way And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all Listen He did all this for us when we were dead in our sins and in our trespasses. And we turned our backs on him. I would like to say we turned our backs to him. And we moved on. But we have proven that we are capable of fighting. We are capable of having emotions. We are capable of rallying, just not for Jesus. It says, he was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. He is brought as a lamb to the slaughter. That was him. And as a sheep before her shears is dumb, so open not his mouth. He was taken from prison and from judgment. And who shall declare his generation? For he was cut cut off out of the land of the living. For the transgression of my people was he stricken. And he made his grave with the wicked and with the rich in his death because he had done no violence neither was any deceit in his mouth that's our Jesus i'm talking about our Jesus the worst form of capital punishment ever was given to him was rendered unto him best day ever was that the best day ever for his mother Was that the best day ever for his disciples? Was that the best day ever for us? Yes, it was. It was the best day ever for us. Because he did that for us. We couldn't do that for ourselves. He did that to save us. But we won't even rally on that day. We can barely remember Good Friday anymore. Who wept? Who wept a few months a months ago? Go back and think about it. Where, in fact, where were you on Good Friday? What did you do that day? Who wept? Who did you call to tell about Jesus and how happy you were about what he did? Who did you call? Get your calendar out and look at it and see where you were and what you did. Because today what we do, we spend that day debating whether or not the day is real or not. Who are we? What kind of people have we become? Because let me say this. Now this is me right here saying this. For people that don't like the white man, we credit the white man and Satan for everything that happens in our lives. Listen. How quickly do you forget How quickly do you forget? See, we rallied and we protested about, about something that we actually, actually did happen. See, with this right here with Jesus, you don't believe it because you say, I'm not sure it happened. I wasn't there. I didn't have a cell phone. I didn't take the pictures. So, but this thing right here, you have the facts. You have the pictures. But here's the thing. How quickly do we forget What we did with a drop of a little bit of alcohol in our system. A snort of a little bit of cocaine. A pop, pop, pop of a little pill. How quickly do we forget how that action right there causes you to choke your own wife out? to lay there without breath on the floor while your children and her children watch crying and afraid. How quickly? How quickly after the rally? How quickly after the protests was your anger so raw that you came home and forgot that you were protesting for injustice. But how quickly did that anger make you go home and choke your girlfriend out and left her for dead on the floor? How quickly did that anger rise up in you, that heat rise up in you and cause you to choke your wife out? and leave her there, right after you just finished protesting about injustice. Where's the justice in what you did with a little drop of alcohol, a little snort of cocaine, and a little pop of the pill? Where was the justice in that? See, you got to be honest, because that's what God sees. You got to be honest, because that's what God sees. That's what he said that he sees. See, we're not always honest. We protest about what someone else did to someone. But then, within that same night, we go and do the very same thing. Because we don't have control. We don't have any discipline over ourselves. We are people that's caught up in emotions. Our emotions can get us to do anything. So when you did that, boyfriend, when you did that, husband, when you choked her out and left her, and she couldn't breathe because you choked her out, when you did that, who made you do that? Was it Satan? Was it the white man? Was it the black police? The white police? Was it your black daddy? Who? Who are you? Who are you? You're gonna do it again. That's what the Lord said. You're gonna get angry and choke her out again. When the rallying and the protesting is over, you're gonna be back to yourself. You hyped now. You hyped now. The question is, how did you not care that you left her on the floor? And she couldn't breathe. You held up your banner for someone else. And your banner said, I can't breathe. And yet you left someone at home that couldn't breathe. In fact, you look to your right and you look to your left. And you see that they are not with you because you left them on the floor. How did you do that? You thought that no one knew, but God knew. The devil knew. And then God told it to me. Listen. Your slogan says, let me breathe. Some of your slogan says, I can't breathe. But remember, neither could she. We forget to push for people to come together to remember Jesus. Just Jesus. We've forgotten all about that. Just Jesus. We have forgotten to rally, to push for people. To come to church. To remember his death, his burial, his resurrection. We don't rally for that anymore. Go back. Check your emotions. On the last past Good Friday. Check your emotions on Palm Sunday. Check your emotions on Resurrection Sunday. Go back. Listen. Listen. I'm citing these three things because these are important. They're important to Jesus. He knew your attendance. He knew what your emotions were. Ask yourself, when was the last time you got all choked up over Jesus? I'm recalling the passion of Christ. That movie, The Passion of Christ. Remember how you cried over that? Some of you even got saved that day on that. Some of you just said, from here on out, I'm going to do everything I can do to please Jesus for all he went through for me. But it didn't last. In fact, it didn't last by the time you left the movie theater. You was already mad about something. It didn't last any longer longer than that. Let's just say it lasted a couple of days. I'll give you a couple of days. Because you went home and you did talk about it. Next day you talked about it. Then after that, you were back to life as normal. Check your barometer. Go back and check. I want you to do that. I want you to do that. Check your emotions. On this past Good Friday, the past Palm Sunday, and the past Resurrection Sunday. Pastors, how big was your audience? Evangelists, what kind of work did you do to get people into the house? How hard did you rally to get them into the church? How emotional and choked up did you get when you preached about him? Actually, did you even preach about Jesus and what he suffered? Or was that message outdated? Or had you gotten to the place where, eh, doesn't matter. People don't care. They don't want to hear about that. That's old fashioned. So the day itself and what he did, what he suffered, how he was beaten, How he was beaten beyond recognition. That day is outdated to you. That day was just que Sarah. That day means nothing to you. You don't feel anything behind that day. No emotions at all. Yet you can cry over somebody you don't even know. Well, I don't know him. I, this this something the white man wrote. Well, I'm not talking to you. I'm talking to believers. I'm talking to those that have his spirit. I'm trying to remind them to go back to their first love. Get back to your first love. The Bible said, "The ox knoweth his owner, and the donkey." Knows his master's crib. But Israel does not know. My people does not consider. Who are we? Are we like the children of Israel? We don't know our own master. We don't know how to feel about our own savior. When was the last time you thought about what Jesus endured and got all choked up. Remember how (laughs) you wanted everybody. You wanted everybody in your house to get up and take to the streets. You, You told them, get up, let your voice be heard. Get up and vote. Get up and get to the street. Let your voices be heard. Get up. Get out of here. March, protest, do something, say something, yell something carry something in your hand you made sure your house was emptied out nobody was at home sleeping everybody took to the street and yet when it comes to Jesus you leave your children in the bed on Sunday morning to sleep it off or to watch TV or to just have the day to themselves declaring that going to church is is a decision that they have to make on their own. But you didn't allow them to make a decision about going to the street on their own. You insisted. You said that it was They're right. They needed to be out there with the people. Now, Jesus' word said, forsake not the assembling of yourself together with other believers. That's what the word of God said. He said, I want you in the church house with other people. You ignored that. You totally rejected that. But to go out to rally in the street and to protest... Some of you with the hopes that you might be caught on TV. But even still, your raw emotions pushed you, drove you. You hurried up and got out there. And you made sure you did not leave that decision to go out there to them. You made sure that everybody under your roof must rally and protest. However, everything under your roof, when it comes to Jesus, can make their own decisions. Who are you? You hurried up and had that talk. You know the talk that everybody's talking about? The talk. You hurried up and had the talk with them about how to protect themselves from the police, but you forgot to have the talk to protect them from spending eternity in hell. Are you hearing me? When are you going to have that talk? When are you going to talk to them about hell? When are you going to talk to them about heaven? When are you going to talk to them about salvation? You hurried up and had to talk about how to protect themselves from the police. You forgot about hell. You didn't have to talk about telling them how to love Jesus. Who are you? Look in that mirror and ask yourself, my gracious, who am I? I haven't even said that and talked to them about Jesus. But you told them about the police. And, and that's like a, 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 must, a, a must do. That's one of those must do things. I've heard of people t- talking to their children at the age of five. As low as five years old. They've had to talk. Come on, that was a, that's a must do. And you won't talk to them about eternity. You won't talk to them about why Granddaddy died and where Granddaddy is. You won't talk to them about the little girl that died. They asked you and you said we'll talk about it later. You said that the angels came and got her. You lied like that, but you won't have the talk. But you tell them the truth about the police. Who are you? Did you forget to have the talk about Jesus? No. You decided to let that be their choice. I'll let them decide. Well, you didn't let them decide about the talk. You didn't let them decide at five years old about the police. Focus. Refocus. Get a balance. Get some discipline. Fall in love with Jesus all over again. Do your first works all over again. In the book of Deuteronomy, the, Deuteronomy, the sixth chapter, verses four through nine, it's called the Shema. And yes, this is for Israel. It's for the children of Israel. And it talks about loving the Lord with all your heart, all your soul, and all your might. This is what he gave to the children of Israel. But that is not just for the children of Israel. That's also for your children. It's also for us. That's that's also a New Testament command. It says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. That's still true. That's for you. Did you have that talk? Did you tell them that? And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thine heart and with all thy soul and with all thy might. Did you have that talk? That is not just for Israel. That's also a New Testament command. And then it says in verse, I'm going to jump down to verse number seven. And thou shalt teach them diligently, meaning these laws right here, these things right here, shall teach them diligently unto thy children, and shall talk of them. Shall talk of them. Shall talk of them, when thou sittest in thine house, that means when you just sit around kicking it, talk to them about Jesus. And not about the police. And not about the white man. Talk to them. About the fact that the Lord our God is one Lord. And when thou sittest in thine house, talk about him. And when thou walkest by the way, talk about him. And when thou liest down, talk about him. And when thou rises up, talk about him. That's what you should do. Did you forget to do that? Rallying and protesting is what you talk about. That's what you do. Teach your children about this New Testament command. Believers, if this is not your shoe, then don't wear it. But if you, if you have the Spirit of God and you are truly a believer, then you need to put this back on again. Because you won't understand this if, you, if you're not filled with the Spirit. The New Testament command says, Bring your children up in the nurture and the admonition of the Lord. Listen, you've proven already that you know how to make time for stuff, but just not for Jesus. You've proven already that you can pray without ceasing because you did it for the rally. You did that without ceasing. You did it day and night, night and day. Who are you? Whose love for justice and humanity is greater than the pursuit of the wisdom of God. Who are you, children of God, whose love for justice and humanity is greater than the pursuit of the wisdom of God? Come on pastors you cried out over injustice but you have zero tolerance for the members of your church that struggle with holy living you have no justice for them you have zero tolerance you allow yourself to be transparent In the pulpit, you showed your hatred for the police and for white people that God created. You actually showed that. You were just that transparent. You allowed your fear for your life and your fear for the life of your children, particularly your sons, to be front and center. Even though you preach that God has not given you a spirit of fear, don't you ever preach that again because they are not going to believe you because you were so transparent that you showed your open, blatant fear. Your hatred across that pulpit, across that podium, was raw and you showed that you were bloodthirsty, right along with the looters, and the rioters and the other protesters and you lied when you said let's protest but do it peaceful you wanted blood and you know it was that supposed to be your sermon was it did the Holy Spirit sanction that for a sermon how do you come back Tell me this. How do you come back with a Jesus is the way sermon? How do you come back with a trust Jesus for everything sermon? A vengeance is mine, said the Lord, sermon. How do you come back with those sermons? Because you allowed... Your true colors you allow your faith and your belief to come, to come through. Listen, the cho- your, cho- your own children are going to remind you later on about what you did, what they saw. The backslider is surely going to remind you about what they saw in you. The new babes, when they slip and fall, are going to remind you that you did too. Who are you for real? I'm going to come back with part two of this. I really am. But right now, I thank you for listening. God bless you real good. I am the storyteller.